We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski 52 I'm joined today by Eric Katuri. You can follow him on Twitter at ETCat30. This is the first Tuesday podcast of the season. Once we get going and the uh, season gets underway here, we're going to be talking waiver wire pickups. But for now, we're going to kind of stock up our listeners with off-season knowledge, fantasy tips, tricks, and 
and strategies. Uh, Eric, let's dive right in today. Uh, we got a big news, right? Uh, biggest news of the offseason, possibly uh, outside of the whole deflate gate thing, which I'm over. Uh, but Arian Foster signed with the Dolphins yesterday here. Uh, that happened after yesterday's show. What was your initial reaction? My initial reaction? Let's see. Well, first of all, Houston and Miami essentially uh, exchange backfield, or at least uh, workhorses uh, mm-hmm. in the offseason. But it, this just uh, tells me that after Miami saw him, you know, at in March, in late March, they got to examine him and, you know, see how his health was and, you know, bring him in three months later, see how he is. And I think they felt comfortable bringing him in and knowing that he's going to be able to help them for most, if not all, of the season. Yeah, right on. I mean, uh, I am a little bit worried about any type of fantasy production from Arian Foster. I mm-hmm. don't even know if he's someone, he may be someone worth a late flyer in 12 team leagues, but he's not something that you can really count on. Because th- what this really tells me more is that Miami doesn't quite have the trust in Jay Ajayi or this year's first, for, or not first round pick, but this year's draft pick, Kenyon Drake here. And it, right. it looks like a mess of a committee that I, I don't even want to start to try to pick apart. Uh, yeah, I don't want to touch it really. But I mean, if if you already have your top two running backs in place and he's still sitting out there and say the eighth or ninth round I mean you're gonna take a stab in the dark and you know hope he helps out your team correct yeah yeah absolutely I mean there's there's a chance there of course uh, with Foster specifically he always carries an inherent injury risk there's just not a whole lot that can be done about that there I mean the the big thing uh, I mean one of the biggest risers of the offseason was Lamar Miller heading to Houston getting a coach who at least potentially will give him the full workload that he deserves that never happened for Lamar Miller while he was with Miami so I don't think fantasy owners can expect anything near past Arian Foster numbers, even if he does make it through the whole season healthy, because I just don't think that he'll get the workload there. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah, I would say so. So when it comes to Arian Foster, though, he's 30, right? Mm-hmm. He's only four months older than Jamal Charles. People don't really realize that. And Jamal mm-hmm. Charles is also coming off this, you know, pretty serious injury and another ACL tear. Um, I mean, everybody seems to have comfort that Jamal Charles is actually going to have a stellar season again, or at least you know, something up to his standard, why can't, uh, why can't, you know, Aaron Foster do the same? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Foster has had various, like, groin, hamstring, hip, sure. those kind of injuries. I mean, I mean they're Joel both... Charles blew out each of his knees. Yeah, So yeah. definitely, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not too far off in terms of injury risk, I guess. That's yeah. one thing that needs but, to be watched. But the, the thing is, like, people are taking Jamal Charles maybe late first, as early as the late first round, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can get Arian Foster much later for less risk. Absolutely. I mean, I just think that the role has a lot to do with it. Right, right. now, sure. uh, looking at ADP, I mean, of course, it hasn't had time to react to the news yet. But uh, just for reference here, we're going to get all of our ADP data from MyFantasyLeague.com in case you're wondering there. But right now, Arian Foster, number 44 overall. I mean, number 44 amongst running backs, 147 and a half overall. So uh, still getting taken in a, lot of your round, 12, yeah, in a lot of your 12-team formats there. So uh, worth a look possibly. But uh, like I said, Eric, we're going to talk a lot about waiver wire pickups in, mm-hmm. in, in the season. It's going to be the hottest place where you can come and catch all the waiver wire action the that hottest. you're going to need. Oh, yeah. Uh, the hottest exactly uh like like our like my uh i did a dfs pod with john earlier today and he said that this is this is the pod that people would call the spicy meatball of the industry <laughs> something like that but if you need to win your league this year you got to tune into us every uh, every tuesday right it's perfect for your afternoon commute uh, back from work get a get, just get a 
quick refresher from us well, with all the waiver wire information you need. We'll run down the top couple of pickups at each position, <clears throat> keep everything fresh for you, and hopefully uncover this year's Gary Barnage and and those types of players. So yeah, uh, we were on him early and often last year. Yeah, exactly. You, so. Probably because you were the Cleveland Browns beat writer last year. <laughs> the Browns beat writer. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that situation hasn't improved a whole lot. But we'll get to that today because we're going to do uh, an AFC North and an NFC North preview here today, kind of like uh, our colleagues have done for the past few days since the podcast is open. So we're going to run down each team relatively briefly, maybe touch on a couple key fantasy players, mostly key additions and losses that are worth noting uh, for fantasy perspective here. So we're going to start in the AFC North. We've got the uh, Baltimore Ravens here, who are 32-1 to odds to win the Super Bowl. Their over-under win total is 8.5. So Vegas doesn't even really like them to uh, make the playoffs eh, realistically um, I think most people have the Steelers projected to uh, compete with the Bengals in that division with maybe the Steelers coming out on top here uh, real quick uh, over under totals are coming from Bovada uh, futures odds coming from VegasInsiders.com in case anyone was curious where we're pulling those numbers from that's where we got the current numbers here but uh, the big thing with the Ravens here uh, it's Joe Flacco um, all all in all it's, it's recovering from ACL surgery but in my opinion, it's as much Flacco as it is his, his weapons here. There's a lot of injuries going on in the offseason here. Can you elaborate on some of those key ones, Eric? Yeah, so the Ravens probably, I mean, I don't have the exact numbers, but they had to have lost like some of, some of the most games to injury to skill positions last year, right? Mm-hmm. They, were, they were definitely up there. Steve Smith, for example, missed half the season with the torn Achilles, and he actually had a, you know, some knee ailments go, coming into that injury too. So he didn't, he's coming off an uh, injury-plague season, he just turned 37 in the offseason, too. That's the scary part for a yeah. wide receiver. And then Brashad Perriman has yet to play an NFL snap, and he's recovering recovering from a partial ACL tear that happened in the offseason program. Mm-hmm. They're thinking now that he might be able to play early in the season, but that's mm-hmm. still like what he, up in the air. The last note we have is are cautiously optimistic that Perriman will be ready at some point during training camp. That's yeah. super vague NFL coach talk right now. So I wouldn't put a ton of stock in him. Uh, they did sign Mike Wallace. I yeah. mean, he could he could compete for snaps, but we've we've got uh, we've got the uh, old folks home of the NFL here in the wide receiver group here. Yeah, like Kamar Aiken and Ben Watson are probably the safest options if you're looking at mm-hmm. pass catchers in Baltimore. Yeah, even with the tight ends, though. I mean, I think Ben Watson. He had a pretty good season in New Orleans. We know how Drew Brees likes to utilize the tight ends. Sure. A breakout season, really. But he's got young talent in Crockett Gilmore and Max sure. Williams behind him. And then Dennis Pitta, who's, I mean, super injury prone, but he's still around. Who knows what could happen if he can get back on the field? If Do it, they even keep four tight ends? Who knows? Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, if he continues, to, Dennis Pitta, that is, continues to have that hip injury next to him, considering he's missed uh, so many seasons already with hip injury, hip injuries I'm not going to really consider him an option mm-hmm. yeah so uh and then of course we've got the backfield of Justin Forsett and Javorius Allen Allen had an up and down year uh Forsett has shown flashes in the past but uh neither of them really fall into that top echelon of running backs this season yeah Javorius Allen PPR Maven mm-hmm. maybe yeah I, I could see that happening and that kind of hinges on the performance of Forsett as well yep all right well let's head on over to the Bengals, who are projected to do a little bit better than the Ravens here. They got 18-1 to odds to win it all here, over-under win total of 9.5. So really pretty much projected to be second place behind the Steelers in that division here. Uh, The big question mark for me with the Bengals is their pass-catching options here because, uh, I mean, we have A.J. Green. We all know what he's completely capable of, 
but they've lost Mohamed Sanu and Marvin Jones here from that squad. Income, former Patriot Brandon LaFell, and rookie Tyler Boyd. I mean, uh, who gets those targets behind A.J. Green, or is it something that we're just going to have to monitor during camp? I mean, you'd think it'd be Tyler Eifert, right? Like, mm-hmm. just uh, up oh, his yeah. game target-wise, but then he goes and breaks his ankle in the offseason, has ankle surgery. He's probably going to miss, you know, mm-hmm. the first two or three games of the season. That puts Tyler Boyd, like you said, mm-hmm. Brandon LaFell, and even Tyler Croft, a tight end, a second-year tight end in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually kind of like him a little bit just for early season viability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and in those deep formats like uh, the Office Stake League, for example, where it's, I believe, 14 or 16 sure. teams, could be a $1 pickup towards the end there if you, if you can get yeah. ahead of that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, like, uh, are there any two tight end leagues? Yeah, I mean, a lot of, <laughs> a, lot like of leagues can, a lot of leagues can flex a tight end so yeah. that you could possibly start two tight ends. And I've done that in mm-hmm. a lot of leagues before. One of my keeper leagues is like that. And I was starting, I don't know, it was either Eifert and Gates or I think I had Gates yeah. and Graham or something like that. I, I clearly didn't do very well. In right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the receiver situation is interesting. I actually like Tyler Boyd as a sleeper here. I think he is, uh, I mean, physically, I think he's got uh, some, some, some of the skills that uh, you're looking for. I mean, I mean not super uh, menacing physically but but he's quick and uh you know six one two hundred pounds uh i think there's more upside to taking a guy like boyd than there is lafell in your drafts because lafell is a guy that probably looked a lot better because of tom brady Mm -hmm. and even with tom brady struggled a little bit last year from what i can remember so uh he, he was never really able to bring back on that 2014 magic in the 2016 season so if you're drafting i'd probably look at boyd before lafell just uh as a matter of upside because you're, you're trying to shake the dice and and really hit big yeah hopefully you have your wide receiver course set by that point so mm-hmm. it is really a roll of the dice and you hope it comes up mm-hmm. you know positive in your uh on your side exactly another team here out of the afc north uh got to look all the way down to the bottom of the futures list for that that is the cleveland browns because they are 200 to 1 odds according to vegas insider that's twice as bad as the next two teams the 49ers and the titans who both sit at 100 to 1 but 200 to 1 that is absolutely brutal and as you can imagine their uh, over under win total here is a uh a meager four and a half wins like i don't see it happening yeah four and One, a half wins is wins. gonna be lucky i i, I think i might even take the under on that here we've got nearly a complete roster revamp and uh really the most probably talented player on their entire roster josh gordon still hasn't been reinstated by the nfl and there's really no timeline for that to happen but uh even more importantly uh we've got a quarterback battle once again i mean i've covered the browns for a couple years for the site and we've got robert griffin the third newly signed against josh mccown coming back here i mean neither of these guys have really any fantasy value in your standard format i can see taking rg3 as like your third or fourth quarterback in a deep two quarterback format just because who knows maybe he can channel some of that old magic but the weapons are are pretty weak here i mean Corey coleman's pretty much projected to be the top receiver uh and and that's interesting because him like rg3 is a baylor product so something to think about there i think mm-hmm. Corey coleman could be uh could find himself as a as a decent sleeper here i mean because out of the top three receivers you got hawkins and gabriel neither of them are are even like six or, or five ten even uh i mean coleman also kind of a little guy at five eleven. man the browns I like mean, those short receivers here how do you kind of see that fantasy situation playing out there i mean i don't <laughs> I don't even know or want to like think about taking Coleman. Like the the guys that I'm looking at, I guess in Cleveland that I would actually consider are Gary Barnage and Duke Johnson, mm-hmm. if uh, if it's a PPR league. 
Um, I don't know if I really like um, Isaiah Crowell that much. Yeah, when it Crowell comes to, is like, kind of touchdown dependent and yeah, uh, exactly. doesn't have the pass-catching upside that Duke Johnson does. On, on the other hand, uh, Hugh Jackson, the new coach there in town, uh, he actually has a pretty good track record of putting together solid two back backfields mm-hmm. and having them play to their strengths. So I could see uh, Crowell you know, being that Jeremy Hill touchdown guy and Duke Johnson being the Giovanni Bernard, you know, PPR man. I mean, for those opportunities to happen, though, they need to yeah. somehow find their way to the yeah. red zone. And whether it's least, McCown or Griffin, uh, that's right. a question getting. At least there. they have a good, a pretty good O line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know they did lose Alex Mack, which is pretty huge. Yeah, uh, that's going to be huge shoes to fill. I'm not actually sure who's taking on that, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, and I would. I mean, if it comes down to RG three and Josh McCown, I'm. I think McCown's going to get that job. I just heard that mm-hmm. I've heard that RG three has had a pretty bad off season. Yeah, I mean and McCown Brink, is at least has brings some experience to the right. table. Where RG three is kind of a wild card. I mean, there's just not a not a lot for an organization unless you think he's somehow going to be your future, which is maybe yeah. why they signed him in the first place. I mean, I, that quarterback position is going to be in limbo for them for years to come. I mean, also they drafted Cody Kessler. If anyone thinks that he's going to make an impact, I guess he's in the mix as well. Might rake yeah. the roster probably inactive most weeks, I would assume, unless one of those other top guys fizzles out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, in terms of ADP, we've got Gary Barnage, number 11 overall, just outside the top 100 overall ADP. And then I'm looking here for Corey Coleman, 36 overall among receivers, actually a little bit higher, 86 uh, overall in ADP. So, uh, I mean... Seven, folks are optimistic eight on him. Eight yeah, round. I mean, folks are optimistic taking him as a, a wide receiver three in some cases. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's tough to tell. I want to see him have a good camp and maybe a decent preseason first there. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, before moving on to the Steelers here, I look at this run defense here. They were pretty bad last year, and I think they might be the worst run defense in the league. This yeah. year, there's not much, there's a lot of youth, a lot of first and second year players on the defensive line and and linebackers. Their outside linebackers are mostly pass rush specialists anyway. Unless Badger Joe Schobert can come in and really right the ship there, there's not a lot of run stuffing optimism in that. So that's going to be a matchup to target maybe in your Week One DFS and and beyond as far as running backs against the Browns. Right, just just, just the fact that like uh, the likes of Le'Veon Bell, Justin Forsett, and you know, the combo in Cincinnati gets to face the, this team twice a year. It kind of gives them a little bump, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those guys get a bump in the rankings because of that, for sure. I would agree with you there. Let's move on to the Steelers, the favorites for the AFC North here. They are 12-1 to 1 odds to win it all this season. And, of course, they're over-under win total. Projected to win the division here over under 10.5 wins for the Steelers here. There's a, there's a, there's been some bad news in the offseason, but there's also a lot to like about Le'Veon Bell, who's going to be returning from a uh, MCL injury, so he expects to be ready for the start of the season. Uh, the big the biggest news, I think, out of Pittsburgh is uh, Martavis Bryant being suspended the whole year. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of cheat sheets, some very opin- uh, very varying opinions here, but in your opinion, Eric, does this make Antonio Brown the number one overall player in fantasy? Yes, no matter the format. Mm-hmm. Like, PPR or no? PPR or no? Doesn't I, matter. I don't. I don't. I if I have the number one pick, I'm going for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like his volume is just ridiculous. Yeah, his I mean, volume that makes his over floor so targets. high. The floor is so high. You can't really get a better. Like he's gonna. He's he's a pretty good 
bet to actually break the reception record, which was what, like 136, something like that? Yeah, something ridiculous yeah. like that. I mean, which the is guy's a incredible. Yeah, so I mean, he has to be taken at the top of drafts. Uh, a, of course, a huge PPR Plus he gets beast. To, he gets to play with Le'Veon Bell. Like he's going to mm-hmm. be open all the time. Who, yeah, the Le'Veon Bell, I think, is uh, one of the top running backs according to my fantasy league. He's actually the top running back. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, Rotowire tends to lean towards Todd Gurley in this uh, in this battle here, but Le'Veon Bell, number one running back in terms of IDP, or I'm sorry, ADP. But uh, we can see the trend shifting away from running backs because even though he's the number one back, his ADP is only 4.87 here on my fantasy league here. So uh, still a first-round pick, Le'Veon Bell, but you're going to have two Steelers in the, uh, in, the, in the first round of pretty much every fantasy draft this year here. Uh, mm-hmm. But without Martavis Bryant here, can Marcus Wheaton actually come in and be a decent receiver? I mean, a lot of people had high expectations for him. Can he deliver? I don't have a lot of confidence that he will, I think. <laughs> But, okay, in his career, he has seven touchdowns on 103 receptions. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty bad, like, touchdown-to-catch uh, ratio, uh, or percentage, rather. Um, I'm I'm actually looking at Ladarius Green as the, you know, Number I guess, ver- ver- well, variable well, third option, yeah, you know, yeah, after the I, I think of Le'Veon Bell as the number yes. two pass catcher in yeah, that offense because of the sure. screen game. So I, I would look first at Ladarius Green um, making a pretty decent impact. But also, like, if I'm looking at the wide receivers, I actually like Sammy Coates. I know he only played in, I believe, two games last year and had one catch, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, in college, uh, 21 yards per catch, uh, 13 touchdowns on 82 catches, which is nearly 16% of his receptions went for TDs. Gee, he's just a playmaker, and th- that's approaching, like, Rob Gronkowski in the NFL, who's mm-hmm. scored 17% of, on 17% of his catches. Yeah, I mean, comparing the two might be a little no, bit no. of a stretch. No, no, I'm just th- no, I I'm know just what you like mean, but, like, numbers-wise, like yeah, numbers-wise, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, I mean, worth a $1 or $2 buy at the end of an auction? Yeah, for that, sure. That's probably the territory I'd put him in as well. And, uh, and you, like, yeah, he, you're going to take Marcus Wheaton in probably the ninth round, mm-hmm. whereas you can get him you know just a flyer with your last pick yeah now now heading into 2015 a lot of fantasy cheat sheets saw big ben number one overall now he will lose martavis bryant this year but he picks up ladarius green and i'm seeing him number six overall in terms of adp just outside of the top number six for quarterbacks just outside of the top 50 overall here i actually think that he might be a little bit undervalued in that type of format there's always a little bit of an injury risk especially as he gets as he gets older here but i, I just think the weapons around him exactly it, you get passing right? yards and touchdowns even if you're dipping on, and dunking screens so i, I right. think he can be a, a very valuable fantasy quarterback i never am going to advocate stretching for a quarterback in a draft but i think you can get roethlisberger at, at a mighty good value this season yeah just circling back to marcus wheaton too or sorry sammy Coe. Like who? Who's the best bet in that offense to take on Martavis Bryant's like big play ability? I mean, Antonio Brown is the first choice, but Coach is a burner. Like he's going to be open. Yeah, and I mean, he, physically, I think I feel like he's a little bit closer to Bryant than than maybe a Marcus Wheaton. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, with the skill set that he brings to the table. So, uh, I mean, Pittsburgh is going to be a team that's going to get a ton of traffic on Sunday Ticket this year because there's going to be a lot of fantasy shares. All across the board, there's no doubt about that. And did you see the uh, comments in the offseason, too, by Coach Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, they said that they're going to go for two more often. Go that's for just, two more that's often. Just more, right? That's just more points. Yeah, just yeah, pile it on <laughs> fantasy-wise. I mean, that could be a ruse. You never know. But, uh, you know, sometimes some teams don't joke about that. So there's yeah. always a chance here. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we've got the 
AFC North covered here, Eric. Let's go ahead and move on to the NFC North, a division that has been only mildly competitive over the past few years with the Packers essentially dominating things there. Uh, looking at the odds here, we've got the Bears at 60-1 to 1 to win it all. 60, that's 6-0, not 16. You definitely, I'm not crazy here. And then you've got their <laughs> over-under wins for the Bears. Vegas projecting a little bit of an improvement, but... Uh, over under seven and a half wins for the Bears. So they're, they're looking like they're just going to uh, miss the playoffs a little bit based on those projections here. I look at the Chicago Bears roster here, and I just don't really see a place where they've gotten better. I mean, maybe a couple of the defensive spots. I think they're yeah, maybe the linebacking core has gotten a little bit better uh, yeah, with Trevathan. Sure. With Trevathan. And Jarrell Freeman. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, those guys are going to make... Uh, the, the inside inter- linebacker core mm-hmm. is pretty good now. The, yeah, the run defense has been an area of weakness for them the last few years. but that's uh, So that's one area where they could improve, but they lose veteran leader Matt Forte, and you're up to the likes of Jeremy Langford and Kadeem Carey, both popular waiver wire picks last year uh, after uh, Forte kind of uh, you know went down there. But uh, we're up to those guys to carry the backfield here. Jay Cutler's still your quarterback. You do have Elshon Jeffrey, and you're getting Kevin White essentially back after not having him any this season. Do you kind of see this offense improving at all, or is it more kind of stagnation, I guess? Yeah, I think it is stagnation, and I think they're actually going to take a step, pretty big step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Gase uh, actually brought the best out of Jay Cutler last year, but now that you as the offensive coordinator, but now he's in Miami as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't really see Cutler, you know, upholding that standard at all. Uh, it's going to probably be reliant on uh, the backfield actually sustaining some type of um consistency and I don't know if that will actually happen either if I'm drafting right now I'm not touching this backfield at all mm-hmm. unless I'm in a pretty deep league and you know it's my third or fourth running back at that yep. point you're taking I, 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 I want to see like how the, how the backfield breaks down and who actually wins the job mm-hmm. but they've come out and said um John Fox has come out and say, said like it's going to be the hot hand approach mm-hmm. do you really want to touch a backfield that's using that approach especially if you're drafting now in july if yeah. you're drafting on labor day season, if like. you're drafting on labor day you're going to have a little bit more yeah. i think a clearer picture of what's going on but if you're drafting right now in july yeah ick, that's that's not something i want to touch here but in ter- oh, go ahead but it, but at least you have all sean jeffrey like you know he's going to be a stud yeah you've got that going for you for sure just uh, running down the adp here uh early drafts seem to Think of Jay Cutler as a fringe quarterback in standard formats, number 24 among quarterbacks, so maybe, maybe not getting taken in 12-team leagues here. As far as receivers go, Elshon Jeffries is a little bit down the list. It actually has him ADP-wise outside of the top 10, um, right sandwiched in between Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson. I think that seems about right for him. Uh, running back-wise, though, that's, of course, where it gets really complicated here because you've got uh, the first one, Langford, at 26 among backs then we've got uh, I mean it's just it's just all over the place here so there's not a ton to like um, and then Kadeem Carey all the way down at 76 overall we've got Jordan Howard at 47 here uh, 150 overall so I mean there's a ton of backs getting taken that's going to fluctuate a lot as mm-hmm. we get closer to the season here well, let's move on over to the Detroit Lions here who are uh, they're projected to regress this year we've got 70 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl and 
over-under win total of seven. So projected to finish below the Bears here. Of course, the big story out of Detroit is the retirement of Kelvin Johnson. Eric, kind of how do you see this receiving core shaking up without their main man and Stafford's favorite target over the last several seasons? I mean, Tate is already kind of – you mentioned uh, in – that Golden Tate is now the number one for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he a wide receiver one? I think he though? is. I mean, he he kind of already was, right? Like mm-hmm. when that is true. Johnson was injured a lot uh, two years ago. He actually was the number one receiver. Uh, I think he's has he had back to back one thousand yard seasons, right? Um, I, yeah, I believe so. I think he's finally gotten enough opportunity o- yeah. outside of uh, Seattle where they don't really pass the ball Checking a whole lot. But yeah, he, he's uh, two seasons in in Detroit. Uh, he actually only had eight hundred thirteen yards last year. Oh, but right. Still had ninety That's catches right. and six touchdowns here on one hundred twenty eight targets. The year before, he had over thirteen hundred receiving yards. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Golden Tate is looking to be a wide receiver one, and when it looks at uh, when you look at ADP, twenty second receiver, just outside the top fifty overall, especially in a receiver heavy type of uh, trend that we're seeing over the last couple of years here. What about after Golden Tate? Anyone worth consideration there? Uh, I I actually do like Marvin Jones a decent amount too. Mm-hmm. Um, just the volume uh, left aside by Calvin Johnson being gone, it's going to go in his hands. It's going to go in Ebron, Eric Ebron's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, among the two, like, Ebron hasn't really proved it yet, whereas Marvin Jones does have a track record in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had originally been optimistic about rookie Corey Fuller, but mm-hmm. uh, he had foot surgery a couple weeks back and doesn't really have a timetable for return. So if you're drafting right now, he's an incredibly risky pick that you probably want to stay away from, maybe grab on the waiver wire later on. You know, Ebron's been a sleeper for so long. Maybe he has a chance to get it together this year. He sure. just needs to get some of those red zone targets there. I think that's uh, one of the things that's been limiting him uh, at least a little bit so far here. I mean, yeah, these Lions uh, looking like regression, and when you look at their additions and subtractions, uh, you know they still have a couple very talented players on defense. There's no denying that. But offensively, they they might have a harder time scoring this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, so you is Amir Abdullah a consideration for you? Uh, Amir Abdullah absolutely would PPR, be a consideration. Right? Like, I mean, either or, really. I mean, behind him is Stephen Ridley and Theo Riddick. Uh-huh. Riddick provides fleeting value in PPR formats, but that's really hard to uh, really pin down, I guess, uh, for the right. Lions here. Stephen Ridley, I don't know. That's a wild card for me. I don't really see him threatening Abdullah a bunch. I think Ridley was a player that uh, a coach like Bill Belichick could get the most out of, but in a new, uh, in a new scenery, like a change of scenery here behind a, uh, what is appears to be a number one back. I don't think we can get a whole lot or have high expectations for Ridley this year. I mean, Abdullah though, I mean, fantasy owners aren't necessarily super high on Amir Abdullah yeah, he's here. He's 29th overall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, still inside the top hundred overall. So he'll be taken as, uh, an RB two RB three for a lot of owners, but, uh, you know, not with a ton of confidence there. So uh, definitely going to take a cautious approach with the Lions this year. The only real safe bet, I think, is Golden Tate. Right, exactly. I mean, I mean there's a place on fantasy rosters for Stafford as well, but without Johnson, don't ex- don't expect those numbers to necessarily Yeah, he doesn't have that increase. fail-safe option anymore. Some you can just chuck it up to yeah. in the red zone here. Uh, well, another team in the NFC North that's worth taking a closer look at this year is a team projected to get a lot better from last year, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. 20-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That was a little bit surprising to me. I, I didn't quite see that coming. But they have a pretty strong defense and are only improving. Uh, they're looking at 
uh, over under win total of nine and a half. So uh, kind of a wild card playoff team, right. but not expected to win the division here. Uh, what's changed so much about the Vikings that has given them all this momentum? Uh, what what has changed? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I would say it's lo- just, or, or just another another year of Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. you know, leading the offense. Uh, I know AP is a year older, but until he actually, you know, is not AP or looking like AP anymore, Mm -hmm. I'm going to grab him in the first round like early. That kind of leads me into the next question I was going to ask is, I mean, AP's getting up there now. Can we still count on, is he still classified as RB1 status? He's 31, past that that dreaded age of 30 for running backs, and he's had quite the workload here. I mean, is, is he still... RB1 status. Yeah, he is. He, mm-hmm. He's a physical specimen. I think it, I think he's just going to buck all trends, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think you could see him being an RB1 for another two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I know he has a lot of work or a lot of reps on him, but I, I like, I, I hate saying it because I can't stand the Vikings at all, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well we're not gonna let that get in the way too right, much right, here right. in the show here but uh let's look at the numbers ad or i'm sorry ap's adp there's a lot of uh a's and p and p's in that sequence here yep. but looking at uh just under 16 for adp so a early second round pick still an rb1 for most people because he checks in actually behind lamar miller just ahead of Devonte freeman i actually would bump Devonte freeman up ahead yeah, on this list probably I, I think i'd rather have i mean well, let, well let's do would you rather um and see where we cut it off i mean i think we can both safely say that we want we would take uh bell and Gurley over ap uh ap or just eke elliott uh, Elliot's just going to have a mass mm-hmm. amount of carries. So, All right. Yeah. AP or David Johnson? David Johnson. AP or Lamar Miller? Uh, that's, I'm getting That's closer. where it starts to get hazy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, like you said, I, I would probably switch, uh, Devante Freeman and Lamar Miller in mm-hmm. this list and still mm-hmm. have Adrian, uh, sixth, sixth six overall. overall. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but, so you're saying you'd have AP or you'd have, you'd have Freeman over have, AP, yes. uh, AP over Miller? Yes. Okay. I would. I would. I think I take both Miller and Freeman ahead of AP, but I definitely put AP ahead of Jamal Charles, Mark Ingram, Doug Martin. If uh, if Lamar Miller had that track record, I would agree with you. But mm-hmm. he, he, we we haven't seen him really have a huge workload in his career. It's always been in the you know hovering around ten, eleven touches See, max. Per- personally, for me, I find that lack of a workload as a as yeah. a benefit because sure. he hasn't had that wear or tear on his body. So that's I'm a big Lamar Miller fan. You'll probably hear me talk about it a lot <laughs> in the preseason uh, pod. I think I mean, when I, it's all I, said and done, he could end up if anything happens to these top these top backs because i mean we saw with last year's first rounders how many injuries happened kind of pushing the trend towards first round wide receivers here but if we get a couple injuries here lamar miller could finish the season as a top three back i think that is his ceiling and and that that could very well happen here he needs things to fall into place of course but he's going to finally get that workload that he deserved while he was in miami and that could be huge things because of his talents in and in his variety of skills that he can bring to a fantasy uh a fantasy unit he can carry a fantasy team to right. a title this year i mean i'm i'm all i'm i'm with you totally i'm mm-hmm. like looking at this list uh i roughly put him at seventh overall so mm-hmm. i'm i'm pretty huge on him too yeah and that, that's his highest standing ever yeah things get cloudy there at the six seven eight running backs right. as as you would expect uh yeah. on any year-to-year basis here well let's wrap up our analysis of the nfc north with the 13-time world champion 
Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers, somehow New England still has the best odds to win the Super Bowl at 15-2, to but the Packers check in tied with the Seahawks, 10-1 to odds. Uh, just for reference here, we got the Panthers at 11-1 to and the Cardinals here at 12-1 to tied with the Steelers, who are also 12-1. to So the Packers, second-best Super Bowl odds this year, over-under win total 10.5, I believe. Uh, I haven't seen an over-under higher than 10.5. you got all those uh, usual suspects at 10.5 here. So, I mean... Packers made a run last year uh, without Jordy Nelson, who they lost Mm -hmm. in the preseason with an ACL injury. We're expecting to get Jordy Nelson back here. Uh, With the return of Jordy Nelson, do you think that gets the Packers' offense the boost that it needs? Do we have Rodgers in kind of a bounce-back season? Do we we see Jordy Nelson squeaking into the top 10 wide receivers even? I... (laughs) I think it's going to be. I think there. I think it, it's going to be kind of difficult for Jordy to actually get in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of stacked talent at the top of that group. Well, he's coming off a pretty serious injury. Mm-hmm. I think he's 31 now. Um, and is there a great track record of guys, uh, you know, doing well past age of 30? I mean, it's I mean, not. It's not like the running back threshold. Say, it's, it's better than backs. Way better than backs. But, but I mean, you you can have Anquan Bolden going off at the age of 34. But he is approaching Steve his Smith, twilight, yeah. the top twilight of his career here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm a little worried about the injury. But yeah, the fact that the offense is going to be intact. Uh, finally again mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be so good yeah I mean 2014 I don't know if we're gonna see that where he had over 1500 yards 98 catches and 13 mm-hmm. touchdowns I think that's pretty much the maybe the peak for Nelson yeah 2011 yeah. was pretty solid too I mean he scored 15 times and had over 1200 yards so I think he could squeak his way into wide receiver one category and that's kind of how the uh ADP sees it we see him 12 overall so essentially the last wide receiver one here uh play either or Jordy Nelson or Elshon Jeffrey uh, Jordy. Jordy? All right. So we, we flip-flop those in the rankings. Uh, Amari Cooper or Jordy Nelson? <sighs> that gets <laughs> I, tough, I really, I really love Amari Cooper. I mean, I mm. probably have him higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> just looking at a couple guys uh, below Jordy Nelson in, in ADP. Jordy Nelson, Brandon Cooks, probably Jordy. I think I like Jordy. Cooks yeah, has upside, yeah. but I, I, I don't know. I mean, Cooks is maybe less risky, I guess. I like the fact that he, he, he did start the season slow last year, but – he was a he was ridiculous down the stretch. Yeah, and then uh, okay, well, couple, one last one: Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton. Jordy, Jordy. Yes, I would have to agree with you there. Maybe we're poisoned up a little bit here by being up in Wisconsin, but I do see a pretty good bounce. <laughs> but I see at least a thousand yards and, and eight to ten touchdowns and for just, Nelson. I think that's a reasonable projection. I, I'm just throwing this out there. I, I don't drink the Packers Kool Aid, even though I'm a Packers fan, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to deny that I'm not a Packers fan, but. Like I, I will be the devil's advocate whenever I'm talking to Packers fans about this team. Yeah, no, I mean we can't declare them Super Bowl champs yet here. No, no, the no. The preseason hasn't even started yet. The last big story out of Green Bay, though, that I want to quick touch on before we wrap up is Eddie Lacy. I mean, all reports are seeming to suggest that he is a new man. He's dropped some weight working with Tony Tony Horton in the off season, doing that P90X here, those Beachbody things. Uh, those are some ridiculous workouts. I've done a few myself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, not, I don't claim to be any kind of a fitness buff, but those things will get you going here. Uh, now, Eddie Lacy, in terms of ADP, it's uh, it's it's curious. We're looking at, at, at maybe a second round draft pick for Eddie Lacy, or, or even a third round draft pick. Thirty three overall, number eleven overall among running backs. However, that still puts him as an RB one. What do you think his chances are of getting back to RB one status this year? I think they're pretty good. I mean. 
mm-hmm. just the fact that they have the explosive weapon uh, now, the deep, deep downfield weapon. Like the, they're not going to be able to stack the box mm-hmm. if he is indeed in better shape. I think you can safely say that he's going to be, you know, like his freshman and sophomore year as a professional. Yeah, get some more. <laughs> he'll be better out of the screen game too. I think that's yeah. a big thing for Lacey's fantasy value because he'll be able where he was maybe a little bogged down before. He might be able to shake loose tacklers and and catch the ball and cut up field quicker. I think those split seconds of time will might make a difference with the weight being dropped right. if he keeps it off provided through camp and all that. We still have a long ways to go here, but I think uh, it's going to make him just a little more agile, just a little bit more quick, and that's going to be the difference between getting stopped early and breaking away here so i'm actually really high on eddie lacy mm-hmm. um that's not even that's not even the packer fan in me see the thing is the tough thing we have uh doing drafts up here in wisconsin is eddie lacy is <laughs> going to be a first round pick probably first half of the first round in just about every single draft we do so i'm hoping to get it's myself, a different reality it's a different reality up here aaron Rodgers might be one or two overall up here it's just how wisconsin works right. here but i'm hoping to get myself into a couple kind of industry expert leagues i want to be doing some I'm mfl 10s uh, I got my first MFL 10 starting tomorrow, actually. I'm pretty, uh, pretty NFFC, excited probably for that. Too. Yeah, you know, I might do one of those as well. I'm going to try to get Eddie Lacy as a second-round pick in at least one of those formats. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. someone who goes all in and gets him in every league, but I do want one share of Eddie Lacy because I think the upside for a 1,400-yard, 40-50 catch season is is present. It, it's there. I mean, he has the skill set to do it. That offense, there's, there's few better offenses for him to do that in, and especially when it starts to get cold in Green Bay later in the year and they're going to start running him the sure. ball a, a lot i mean uh, i i went to that uh, thanksgiving game last year chicago uh, i mean it was, it was so brutal i mean the far weather the far retirement was cool was was nice to see but i think that's like i don't know that fights with maybe one or two other games as far as worst weather at a hacker game i've ever been to and i've been to like almost 40 50 now at this point yeah so uh it was t- terrible that's besides the point though Lacey was looking so good running the ball getting openings i agree but man. then he fumbled a couple times and, yes. and i mean the conditions are partially to, to blame for that uh but there's still no excuse for fumbling in the national football league here you're a professional athlete um but you know uh, rant over I, I just think you know Lacey was looking good in those conditions i feel like he was just a, a step slow last year and if the weight's off and the offensive line is pretty much intact there's more receiving threats for aaron Rodgers to maybe detract some attention away from the running game i mean you're never going to see defenses like you said put 8-9 in the box against the Packers because Aaron Rodgers will burn you in single coverage. There's sure. no doubt about that. So Lacey's going to have some room to run. I really like him as a fantasy prospect. Again, not going to get him up in Wisconsin, but uh, hey, if you disagree with me, invite me to your league so I can grab him in the second <laughs> round. Let's just say that. Um, just thinking about like the pass catchers, too. We know Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb are one, too. Mm-hmm. When, after that, like, what are you thinking? Is Jared cook newcomer jared cook gonna be uh taking on that role or do you think uh richard rogers is gonna kind of fend him off and maybe like ty montgomery actually do something mm-hmm. i i mean Devonte adams had a brutal season last year plagued by drops he had all the opportunity he couldn't come through there's a slight chance for the bounce back but i do like ty montgomery a little bit out of the screen game i think uh you know his hands yes. In the short time we saw him last year, he was doing damage to the point where I was starting to give him a spec ad on waiver wires. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, 
maybe not necessarily a draft pick in your standard 12-team formats. I'm sure Ty Montgomery will go in every uh, Wisconsin draft we do here. But, um, you know, the addition of Jared Cook, I don't think that makes a difference for Cook or Rodgers. I think they're going to take away from each other, and neither of them are going to be – they're both going to be fringe tight end twos for the year. I mean, Rodgers – Richard Rodgers had that SB award-winning play uh, that gave him a huge fantasy game, and he had a couple other decent fantasy games but was largely inconsistent. And for those daily players, he was the definition of a GPP play because maybe maybe he's got like a one in eight chance or one in six or seven chance of of having a big game other than that you're pretty much bust so the boomer bust like that is not what i want to start in fantasy unless i'm desperate and on a bye week so i'm going to kind of stay away from the tight ends okay lean towards nelson and cobb heavy lean towards lacy even handcuff him with starks i think if lacy mm-hmm. does turn out to bust i think starks could have pretty decent value this year and maybe take a look at time Montgomery as a sleeper yeah and uh by the way, James Starks is, I think, 29 or 30 now. So mm-hmm. if he does indeed get the top job, I mean, he's reaching that uh, age in which, you know, running backs drop off. Yeah, Lacey uh, entering his age 26 season. So still, by running back yes, definition, he's, even, good. he's still in his prime. Well, that'll do it well, for Tuesday. I'm sorry. D- just wanted to uh, bring up uh, one more thing. Uh, you mentioned N- MFL 10s. Do you mm-hmm. want to actually, like... Um, shed light on what that is uh, because our listeners might actually be interested. Actually, yeah, that's a good call to uh, wrap things up on a little bit. MFL 10s, it's kind of a new thing. It's it's a best ball league, and mm-hmm. you do a slow draft. Starting now, they'll be running all the way to the season. You get 10 people together. Everyone throws in 10 bucks. I believe it's winner take all, and um, you do a slow draft. You draft a pretty deep roster, but then there are no trades, transactions, or lineup switches during yeah. the season. It just takes your best lineup based on your on entire basis, roster, right? on your weekly basis. Yeah. So it's kind of like a draft and forget it type thing, mm-hmm. and then you can watch it through the rest of the season. I think that's really great stuff from our partners over yeah. at My Fantasy League. Uh, I have a feeling that after I do one that starts tomorrow, I'm going to start getting addicted and maybe I'm, do three or four more. I'm with you. I'm, I'm definitely going to do at least that many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost replaced uh, the fun of mock drafting at this point in the right. season. It's good <laughs> stuff. And yeah, uh, I'm My Fantasy League, they've been partners with us for years. Uh, very good, reputable organization, so you want to check them out. Really easy to join, draft set up everything like that honestly honestly, if you just do like one draft per week you're probably going to hit you know uh on one of those if not more Mm -hmm. you know by the by the end of the season i mean and ten dollars is i mean how many people are spending double triple quadruple that even uh, a lot more on daily fees, yeah. in entry fees on daily this sure, year. So, yeah. you know, that'll kind of get that fix, uh, scratch that itch for you a little bit earlier in the season here. Well, that'll wrap it up for the Tuesday Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast here. Uh, we're going to be talking waiver wire in season, but until then, we're going to be talking pre-draft strategy here. Uh, real quick, a reminder to check out rotowire.com free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. And over here, I'm Eric Katuri, and you can find me on Twitter at etcat30. John and Joe will be back with you on Wednesday.